Pastor Xavier Reese with this simple truth. Forgive and you will be forgiven. No one will ever sin against you as much as you have sinned or shall sin against God. And every time you ask Him forgiveness, He forgives you. Just a thought that you might consider when people ask you forgiveness. We're debtors, ladies and gentlemen, to Christ and to everyone around us. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Paul's epistle to Philemon concerns Onesimus, a slave who had run away from Philemon. Somehow, he had run into Paul at Rome and was now a new convert to Jesus Christ. And as Paul sends him back to Philemon, he does so with a plea that Onesimus be forgiven and received as a brother in the Lord. And as Pastor Xavier continues his verse-by-verse study of the book, he makes application of some important, simple truths of forgiveness and restoration for us today. Let's listen. Philemon chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. Let me read here. For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose that you might receive him forever. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord? If then you count me as a partner... Receive him as you would me. The spiritual perspective of Paul regarding the purpose of God towards Philemon, because he's the object here. Onesimus is just the instrument. It's as follows. Verse 15, the apostle Paul expressing the potential plan of God. That's how it's first manifested. Secondly, the Apostle Paul declaring the new actual position of Onesimus by the grace of God in verse 16. And then thirdly, the Apostle Paul stating their relational oneness in God in verse 17. The Apostle Paul reminded Philemon the manner in which he was to personally receive Onesimus. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave as a beloved brother. Uh, Philemon was not to see Onesimus as what he used to be any longer through the eyes, listen, of the flesh, of the natural man. Onesimus' past social status was not to be his primary identity, no longer as a slave. The word slave, as you know, is doulos, a bond slave, one who gives himself to another by his own will and choice. Goes back to the Old Testament concept. Onesimus was not to simply be looked upon by Philemon as a mere commodity then. A runaway slave returned simply to produce him more financial goods. He wasn't primarily to see him just like that. All right, you're back. You owe me. You're going to have to work double hard or a runaway slave that cannot be trusted and to be made miserable for his past. You see, Philemon was to see Onesimus as what he was now, 
through the eyes of the Spirit. We've already dealt with the aspect of consequences. That sometimes we do things and though we're forgiven, we still have to pay a social price. So let's not forget that, okay? But that's not what we're looking at right now. We've already touched that. Sometimes you're born again and you know God forgives you of your, of your fornication, your drugs or whatever. But you may have to deal with the, with the institutions here on earth about some consequences. And you should take them honorably and faithfully and uprightly and work them through. And, um, you know, you can't just say, well, I'm, for, I'm saved and I shouldn't have to pay nothing. No, no. I don't think so. Two different courts. <laughs> through the eyes of the Spirit, Onesimus' present spiritual status was to be his proper identity. Listen. But more than a slave, a beloved brother. The promotion of Onesimus has been by God. More than a slave. Notice Onesimus was to be seen by Philemon as a member of the family of God. One beloved. One to be valued and appreciated. One dearly loved and esteemed by God. Therefore, one who should be dearly loved and esteemed by other believers held in high value. Remember, he's praised them for his, his loving kindness and benevolence to the saints and, and how he just builds them up. And, 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 and so now this appeal is based upon the character of Philemon and the example of Paul. <laughs> One who is a brother, Adelphus. One born of the same spiritual womb and divine birth. One belonging to the family of God, the people of God, the community of God's redeemed. One who was a new creature. His sin of rebellion against Philemon had been forgiven by God. His sin of deception had also been forgiven by God. And his sin of theft had equally been forgiven by God. And Philemon being a Christian and Onesimus being a Christian, he still had the responsibility to own up to it and see what Philemon would want of him. Not demanding that he not charge him for that, but realizing his responsibility. And trusting God to work in the two brothers. You understand? Notice the apostle Paul then reminds Philemon of the high value Onesimus had become personally to both of them already. Especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. He had ministered to the apostle Paul in prison. He had experienced that benefit himself. And he's writing from that perspective. He had Onesimus with him there. In fact, the apostle called Onesimus, my son Onesimus. A very close bond had become between both of them in verse 10, the first portion. The apostle had brought Onesimus to Christ, the rest of verse 10, who I have begotten while in my chains the apostle knew 
about his past life as well as his new life. Verse 11, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and me. The apostle knew Onesimus would be a great benefit to his ministry at Rome if he had kept them, but he decided to send him back, verse 13 said. The apostle knew all this by experience, not by hearsay, but because he had such a close relationship to this slave and knew himself. He also knew that he had such a close relationship with Philemon that whatever he would say as a testimony, that Philemon would accept it as a valid experience. You understand? Because there's character on both sides. This is very important when we're dealing with each other. Character is what's lacking in so many people even within the church. Sometimes you don't know if you can trust a Christian. Because <laughs> they say they're Christians. Because it's so bad. And so Onesimus was to be appreciated by Philemon much more so. But now, much more to you both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if Paul appreciates and values him, much more Philemon. The degree of appreciation by Philemon was due to the fact that he had known Onesimus as a worthless slave that only cost him money. Now he would know him as a brother in Christ of great worth who would faithfully serve him as unto Christ. The former slave Onesimus would be an asset to the other slaves as an example of Christ in the house of Philemon and to the church body that met in the house of Philemon at Colossae. Paul is hitting both the earthly, physical, practical benefit and the spiritual benefit through the eyes of God. Newton wrote, Amazing Grace. That song is known by every believer. He was a wretched sailor who merchandised human beings and slave traffic. A wretch like me. And God turned his life around, man. <laughs> he never forgot that. God, having saved those who have been lost in the depth of sin by his grace, should never reject those who have been forgiven for their sins by the grace of God. Very important. Moms, dads, your little girl may have been living in the cesspool of the world of immorality. But if she's now saved, she's whiter than snow. Rejoice that you have her back. Embrace her. Look forward. Maybe your son has disappointed you tremendously. Perhaps even he has stolen from you or it's cost you much money through attorneys or whatever. But if God has brought him back now, you need to thank God for that. You need to move forward. Husbands and wives, 
Perhaps your mate has betrayed you horribly, but now they're saved. They're asking your forgiveness to be reconciled. What are you going to do? You see, the Apostle Paul is not talking about sloppy agape or cheap grace that Dietrich Bonhoeffer used to call. The key is repentance, manifesting transformation. When a person repents and there's transformation, then there's every reason that we should give full forgiveness and embracement without any question. When someone asks me to forgive them and they repent genuinely, I have no option. I have to forgive. Difficult today, as in any generation. But let me just leave you with a thought here regarding this point. No one will ever sin against you as much as you have sinned, do sin, or shall sin against God. And every time you ask him forgiveness, genuinely, he forgives you. Just a thought that you might consider when people ask you forgiveness. We're debtors, ladies and gentlemen. We're debtors to Christ and to everyone around us. Jesus, in the parable of the faithful, wise steward, in Luke 12, 48, said this, For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. Grace has given us much. What an incredible example of Christians we have been able to witness throughout the years of the church here, of godly men and women, wives who have not divorced their husbands even though they had the biblical authority and right because God had not released them or given them the peace to do so. Taking back adulterous mates after they have asked forgiveness and genuine repentance, some being unbelievers, and their marriages have been the better for it, and at times those mates have come to Christ. I know couples, they've been divorced 25 years and they came back and they both got born again and we married them again. Incredible. <laughs> Talk about the grace of God. Christians who are great examples living in an unequally yoked marriage and merely living out Christ to their mates. What an incredible example. Young people who have abandoned themselves completely to sin and now have turned to Christ and have become great examples to those around them of those that Jesus can save, we thank God for. Paul put it this way, 1 Timothy 1.15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. We have to be careful we don't think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. I've told you often that Jesus does all his fishing in the sewer, but when he cleans his fish, they never stink. Very important. The Apostle Paul was declaring the new actual position of Onesimus by the grace of God. 
by the grace of God. Notice thirdly here, verse 17, the Apostle Paul was stating the relational oneness in God. The Apostle Paul made his appeal to Philemon for Onesimus based on the fact that they were partners in the kingdom of God. If then you count me a partner, if Philemon counted Paul one with him in the work of the Lord, he says, the word count in this particular context means to have whole possession of mind. There's an appeal here on reflection. There's an appeal to remembering. There's an appeal for a conclusion. This appeal was based on their long history together as he's writing to Philemon. They without doubt went back a long ways to the ministry of Ephesus that we've seen. Philemon himself had come to Christ through Paul, verse 19 tells us. Philemon without doubt had seen the passion of Paul many times without any concern for his own life or his own safety there in Ephesus and many other places. Philemon knew Paul was one in the work of the kingdom of God like himself. But notice the apostle Paul was speaking of more than mere physical work in the kingdom of God. The word partner, koinonos, means an associate, a comrade, companion, a sharer. From the same word koinonia. It's a very rich word and difficult to translate at times because it has such a rich meaning in it. A participant, a sharer, a partner. Uh, the one involved is a giver, motivated by God's love, and therefore is the richer for it, receiving so much more by the spiritual commitment to the Lord and others. When you enter into this loving koinonia fellowship and you giving yourself to the Lord, automatically you're serving the Lord and, and you're meeting needs, but you are the richer for that. The most miserable people are the people who are always taking and are self-centered and not doing nothing. And they're the biggest whiners in the church. People that are busy and they're givers. They're not even aware of what happens sometimes. They just go. Walking in the spirit, walking in the flesh. It's all the difference. This describes the kind of fellowship the other church was known for. In um, Acts 2.42, it says, And they continued steadfastly, apostles' doctrine and, and fellowship, koinonia, in the breaking of bread and in prayer. And so the apostle Paul made his appeal to Philemon for Onesimus based on their oneness in the kingdom of God. Listen to him. Receive him as you would me. Paul asked Philemon to receive Onesimus, listen, unequal standing. Paul the apostle, Onesimus the slave. Paul says, he's right here. <laughs> Amazing. The word receive means to take to oneself. It's used by Paul in Romans 15, 7. Therefore receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Unequal standing. 
Paul was appealing to Philemon to not merely receive Onesimus back by going through the motions without the emotions. He was to not only welcome him back, but joyfully in the Lord. He was to grant Onesimus access to his heart. He was to receive Onesimus as a partner like Paul. Paul was saying that Onesimus was no different than himself. Onesimus had committed horrible sins. So had Paul. Onesimus had repented from those sins. So had Paul. Onesimus had been born again. So had Paul. Onesimus had been serving the Lord by serving Paul in prison. And so had Paul. Onesimus was to be received as a co-laborer of God with Paul and Philemon. Incredible appeal. Isaiah cried out, I am a man of unclean lips. But after the angel cleansed him with the coal from the altar, he was able to hear and to be used of God. He had access to God. That's all Paul is saying. <laughs> he can go to God like you and I. Why should we look at him any different? Wow. We're all called saints. We're all called children of God. We're all called heirs of Christ. We're all called to the work of the kingdom of God. We're all called to intercede for one another whenever needed and possible. We're all called brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're all called to share in the Chloe's Koinonia fellowship of the church in Christ. We're all the same. From pulpit to pew. We have different gifts, different callings, different operations within the body, but we all have the equal same standing before Christ. You understand what I'm saying tonight? Never forget that. The Apostle Paul was stating their relational oneness in God. And so here you have the spiritual perceptiveness of Paul regarding the purpose of God towards Philemon. Evident by the Apostle Paul expressing the potential plan of God. The Apostle Paul declaring the new actual position of Onesimus by the grace of God. And the Apostle Paul stating their relational oneness in God. He's tying the letter up. <laughs> Onesimus at this point is looking good. <laughs> Philemon, his heart is softening as he reads this letter. He's tracking with the apostle. They're one heart, one mind, one spirit. They're reasoning with one another. That's what Christians should do. Not in pride, not in superiority or anything else. And God will bless that. And so, Paul sought to Philemon. I'm sure made him think. Examine himself. Lift his heart to God.
Pastor Xavier Reese, demonstrating how the building of the church body depends upon our willingness to forgive each other while in obedience to the Word of God. Now, just before we close, let me mention that copies of today's Simple Truths message titled Paul's Thoughts for Philemon are available for only $4 on CD. And this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. Now, once again, the title to ask for is simply Paul's Thoughts for Philemon, or just mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 